0: Hey folks, good evening and welcome to Phantoms and Monsters Personal Reports, where I narrate recent and past cryptid and unexplained sightings and encounters submitted to me at Phantoms and Monsters. I will also detail current and past investigations, so uh, thanks for joining me tonight. The, um, The Phantoms and Monsters radio channel is made possible by clicking the subscribe button and by you sharing our programming. Uh, super chat and super thanks donations help us continue offering you our unique content. So, uh, and also the buy me coffee link in the banner are also shown below. So, uh, so uh, your consideration is very much needed and appreciated. Now, if you have any questions uh, after I read each report, you can text me in the chat uh, in the chat with using um, using high case numbers. I mean letters, please. Uh, I'll also take your questions at the end of the presentation, the end of the show, and we can basically talk about anything at once. So um, So first off, this this first account I, I had posted not too long ago, but it's an older account. I had it a while back. Uh, it's um, it's a letter that Dave Schrader when he was at darkness radio received. From an anonymous man claiming to be a former U.S. Special Forces operative regarding a mission he was part of back in the 1990s. Now, uh, this was originally posted several years ago, but you know, I'd like you know, I'd like for others to hear it and read it and comment because I have gotten some feedback over the years, but uh, I'd like to hear more uh, because. More and more, we're getting uh, uh, military involved sightings and encounters doing to do with cryptids. So, um, if you do have comments, you know, send them to me. or questions, uh, let me know at the end of the uh, of the segment or after the um, after the show. Sir, he writes, in the early 1990s, I was with the teams in the Navy. Uh, We were sanctioned by an alphabet government agency to put a stop to several aggressive Sasquatch in the high country in western North Carolina. We all thought it was a joke at the mission briefing, but it was no joke. My partner in our team at 12 was my swim buddy. He was Native American. Uh, This man wasn't scared of anything. Before we were ordered to go out during the briefing, all these agents were showing us slides of what these creatures were doing to people, adults and children alike, as well as the damage done to vehicles and homes. Anyway, my buddy turned white with sheer fear. He told me, this is bad, really bad. So when we arrived in the little mountain village town, the sheriff met us, he told us, that we'd never been so happy to see the Calvary since he'd been in Korea. He showed us the actual places where, as he put it, this is where those effers, those big hairy demons destroyed this or killed him or her or them and there. Um, my buddy was taking everything in like I never saw him before. After talking with the sheriff, our lieutenant told us to fire up because we were going hunting so as we were getting our gear ready my buddy said to me you know i always thought my grandfather was telling me scary stories about he and his brothers when they fought the wild men and that's interesting he mentioned the wild men because i have family up in those hills in western north carolina and since i was a kid that's what they referred to the bigfoot as the wild men so um We started in around 1,400 hours. By 1,600 hours, we found lots and lots of tracks. We started tracking them. We made out at least seven different individuals. We made first contact at around 1,930 hours, and it was almost dark. The point man stopped dead in his tracks and spoke into his headset. I see one. It's effing huge. The lieutenant said, if you have the shot, take it. He shot this massive hairy beat beast with a a 7.62 millimeter round and it acted like a mosquito bit him this creature turned around and let out a god-awful roar our point man quickly switched to full auto this time the creature dropped like a rock after 10 7.62 millimeter rounds cut into his chest now at the first contact the agents radioed in and said that they wanted one alive our lieutenant told them to go screw themselves uh, i took three days and nights with almost no sleep but we dropped 70 hairy beasts um we found the missing people or rather what was left of them we had one casually when a team member was snatched straight up into a tree there was nothing anyone could have done for him to this day thinking of those three days since chills down my spine uh, you won't find these three days in any military record or mission log. Going in, hold on a minute. Going into our mission debriefing, uh, where normally we ask a thousand one questions about every shot fired, every angle we fired from, or every angle we fired on, etc. We were simply told that the past three days we were doing rigorous mountain training, and during that training period, we lost a man. And with that, the debriefing team stood up and walked out. We norm Now, normally we have individual debriefing for the whole team, but this was one and only time it was just the team. So to answer your next question, after three days, government agents came and removed all the corpses and flew them out. Now, um, you know, I've tried to look into this account. Seriously, I... Checked into um, some people involved with Navy intelligence down in, um, uh, down at Norfolk years ago when I first got this. I didn't get much at all, i be honest with you, which I really didn't think I was going to get. But, uh, you know, just like Richard, I mean, Vincent said, the government knows why don't they want the public to know. Well, that's just it. I, I don't think um, I don't think they want the public to you know for a lot of reasons, but uh, you know, uh, you know, that, that, that being in the great Smoky mountain national park, uh, if it's in that area, they're not going to, they're not going to anything about it. They want people going in there they want, you know, they want the tourist trade. They want the money involved with it and they don't want to scare people. Um, uh, though like we had steve stockton on last week and you heard him talk about how people go missing in these national parks all the time so um you know it's you know that's just the way it is and uh as far as with bigfoot in general and other cryptids as well uh they're not going to release much of anything and i think it's the biggest reason why you know people using the parks and using the outdoors is big money I mean there's a lot of people that make a lot of big money because of outdoors and camping and hiking and such uh, I think that's a big reason why behind it so so uh the next in- encounter was a uh, where a group of family members encountered an oval-shaped craft that was hovering in a clearing n- near Monahans, Texas now that's West Texas. He um, soon observed two mantis-like humanoids walking the area. Now, this area around Monahans and that whole general area in Western in Western Texas has a lot of strange phenomena happen. Uh, we've had Bigfoot encounters there, dogman-like encounters, a lot of UFO stuff. So, this doesn't really surprise me. So they write uh, in the fall of two thousand and nine. We were having a family, friends get together to celebrate a birthday. Now, during the celebration, two of my nephews and a niece came tearing into the house, screaming at the top of their lungs, saying that a plane crashed in one of the adjacent pastures. My brother, myself, and other three others uh, walked outside to see what was causing all the ruckus. Now, uh, we didn't see anything out of the ordinary except a strange burning odor that smelled like burning mesquite. Uh, we didn't think anything of it since it was kind of nippy out, so and one could have been burning some wood in their fireplace. So we told them to show us where they saw the plane go down, and we walked over to the place they showed us. So the first thing we noticed was that all the dogs in the area were going bonkers. They were barking up a storm like they were all seeing the same thing. Now, the area where we live is a pretty much a rural community, unless you live in the city of Monahans, Texas. Uh, Many of the houses are set on large plots of land, usually four to five acres per house. Although you can see the houses of many of our neighbors and we do have traffic on the road, you do get a feeling of being all by yourself out there. So some of the land by our houses is overrun by wild mesquite trees. Only a small portion of the land surrounding the house is cultivated and cleared out. Beyond the stand of trees runs a small barbed wire fence that separates us from our neighbors, who I could see were home from the lights in the house. We walked around the edge of the trees not wanting to really go into the stand at night. Even though it's technically winter, there could be rattlesnakes seeking shelter amongst the trees, not to mention that a ski tree have some wicked thorns that protrude from them. They are razor sharp and and quite capable of punching through a pair of jeans or boots, and they hurt to remove. Uh, As we looked around, we started noticing a sort of electrical charge to the very air around us, and almost like the kind you feel when you approach a large electrical substation or charge an active radio antenna. Now, as we made our way around, one of my brothers noticed some light peeking through the trees, and I told him it was probably one of the neighbors leaving or coming home. He promptly told me that he could be headlights because the light seemed too diffused and not as concentrated as a car's headlight. We moved around, and as we cleared the standard trees, we were shocked to see an oval-shaped object hovering maybe four or five feet off the ground. We stood there in total shock and awe. I only imagined that our jaws were probably on the ground. And as we stood there watching this object hover there without any sound, I, I took note that the object was maybe about 30 to 40 feet from the front to back. It was maybe the same dimensions around. The object seemed to be a highly polished material that reflected the area around it. The reflection of the distant street lights from the surrounding neighbor's property seemed to reflect off the surface of the object. There was also a small, dull glow to the object, barely, barely noticeable unless you were really looking, almost like an aura of sorts, an iridescent blue of sorts. As we stood there in total shock with my brother next to me, um, we saw two strange-looking men appear from around the object. They, at first, didn't notice us. They were busy running around and gathering objects from the ground and from the trees. They didn't seem to notice us at first. They looked at, to be about the size of my oldest nephew, about four foot tall, but they looked very skinny and and like they had no meat on their bones. The heads were very large. The arms were long, skinny, and hung down around their knees about this time my two nephews came walking up behind us scaring the hell out of us they saw the object in the strange men and in a voice that only a kid can project screamed out loud what are those things that's when the creatures turned and noticed us the sight of these creatures was something that will haunt me till this the day i die it turned right you know turned and looked right at us its eyes were large almost like the eyes of a praying mantis Except that they were jet black and wrapped around its head. The two creatures looked at us for about seven seconds, n- not an ounce of movement before they calmly walked around the craft, one right or you know, other one right after the other. They disappeared behind the craft and we never saw them again. A few seconds later the craft lifts off, not a sound coming from the object, no rush of wind, not even a swing of the nearby branches of the mesquite tree. It rose quietly and hovered for about 40 foot from the ground and shot up like a bat out of hell. As it zoomed away, it started glowing and made it easier to track as it zoomed away, getting higher and higher till it faded off. We stood there in complete silence as we tried to take heads or tails of what we just saw. My brother finally piped up and said, should we call the police? Well, after which I burst out and left and replied to him and tell him what. My neighbor... My nephew looked like he was just seeing a devil himself, which considering what we just saw, I don't blame him. Uh, we didn't want to talk about it. And after we made our way back to the house, we still didn't talk. I tried to ask him about it yesterday, you know, the next day. And, and um, we basically told him that we didn't think, want to think about it yet. He was still processing what had happened to him. And I was more than happy to leave it at that. I never really believed in the subject of UFOs or aliens, but at the events of that night, I'm seriously going to reevaluate that belief. And um, I know that I plan to keep my mind open and start looking up towards the sky a little bit more from now on. That was pretty interesting. Uh, humanoid report, alien report, manted. Humanoid report. Um, So if we want not have any questions, I'll just go ahead and go on from there. So this next one involves a pair of deer hunters who were part of a larger group that encounter a guy dressed in a clown outfit. Yeah, I know. This is crazy. And I'll be honest with you, and you know, Vince and I were talking about this before the show. I I know a lot of deer hunters that would have popped this guy, but you know, this this kind of clown outfit was roaming around the hunting area, literally literally taunting these hunters for hours. So it was you know this was forward to me, and um, uh, this is what they wrote. This incident occurred in 2019 when I was 17 years old and living in the Adirondacks in upstate New York. It was deer season, and I was hunting on a raised area between two swamps. This was a great spot, akin to a super highway for deer. Uh, Mind you, the spot is not close to the roads, being about three miles in. The day was cold and windy. Snow had fallen a few days before and was frozen solid. I was sitting on a low branch of the hardwood that made a perfect natural tree stand looking down between the swamps. My buddy was about 200 yards away over a rise at the end of one of the swamps in a climbing tree stand. Now, about eight in the morning, I see movement coming from the end of the deer run between the swamps picking up my binoculars to look. While scanning the area, I see movement again. The object was different colors, obscured by some pines, but I saw it moving. Then out of the rush it came. I seriously kid you not, a clown. Rainbow fuzzy hair, red nose and the whole works. He didn't have it on any cold weather clothes that I could tell. He was just kind of wandering around that place looking at the ground. Then I noticed a pistol in his hands. Very creepy for sure. I had not walked in from that side, so there were no tracks leading my way from where he was. I leaned back on my perch, putting the tree between him and took off my orange vest. No way did I want this weirdo seeing me. My vest was a blinged orange mesh, so kind of like a jersey, so I stuck, stuffed it in my cargo pocket. I peeked out again. The clown is sitting on the deer run where he came out facing me. He's about 100 to 125 yards away. Now, he just sat there for about an hour. kept looking at, I kept looking at him through the binoculars while stay, staying as much behind the tree as possible. The guy or clown was rocking back and forth with this pistol in his lap. Then he got up, fished through his pockets, and pulled out a set of those wind-up, chattering teeth. He wound them up, tied them onto an overhanging branch on the trail and let them go. The teeth are chattering away. He turns toward me where I am, gives a thumbs up in my direction, does a clown laugh, and does a sideways run into the bush. I'm sitting there thinking, what the F did I just see? I sit there until around noon. No other noise. Hitting in on a swivel or in movement. You know, drop down from my perch and put on my put my vest back on. I cut over the hill and cross a frozen swamp and to head on my buddy and head to my buddy's stand. I've got to tell him this, even if he thinks I'm making it up. I find the run he sets up on and followed it in. Around a stand of birch, I see him up in the stand and head right for him. As soon as he sees me, he starts waving his arms and gives me one of those hand slash under the neck signals. I freeze. Pull up binoculars and look at him. He's about 75 yards away. He does this neck slash thing again and points behind him around the tree. Then I hear it. That damn clown laugh. A lot. He looked freaked out. I sat there near the the birches for what it felt like forever with my rifle at the ready the laughing had stopped a while ago my buddy finally starts climbing down the tree he comes down the trail to me and says there's some dude dressed in a freaking clown clown like a clown fooling around near my scrape then i told him what happened at my spot we split and told his older brother a few of the adults wanted to know wanted us to show them where this thing was the next morning the next morning we headed out towards the spot when we got there there were three chattering teeth hanging on the trail we found tracks in the snow clown shoe tracks we followed the tracks the tracks cut a long way around the one swamp and straight to my buddy's spot there were chatter teeth hanging there too along with one of those rubber chickens at that point they believed us and went all out to find the guy. They never did. The tracks ended up leading to a parking lot near a pond a few miles over and disappeared. Uh, we were cautious in that area for a long time after that. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I have ever heard anyone was stupid enough to do something like that and taunt a bunch of hunters with guns. But I don't know. That's that's one of the craziest ones I've ever I've ever heard. So, and if you ever get any, anything similar to that, let me know about it because I definitely want to post that. That, that. That's just too good. So, anyway, the next account, this was actually a part of an investigation that one of the um, that um, Luis Castillo on Fans of Montreal Fortune Research conducted. Um, three brawly California men encountered what they said was a red eyed man, like winged being near their home. There was also another incident involving a similar flying creature near the red earth casino. Uh, so Luis went ahead and drove out that way and, uh, towards what well, was not too far from the, the Mexican border. So he, he lives in, um, he lives in LA. So he drove down there. So, uh, his, Luis's report was, I spoke to Esteban about a winged creature he and two others, uh, Raphael and Beto, saw around six years ago. They all reside in Brawley, California, which is located 25 miles from the U.S. and Mexican border. Now, he mentioned when he, when he saw it, it was about midnight in late December after Christmas, he said that initially he had looked up and seen that he first what he first thought was a bird flying over a certain area in a zigzag pattern. He mentioned it to his friends and at first they didn't see it, but as they kept looking at it, he noticed that it was not a bird but a man-like creature with wings. He explained to them that he was describing what he was describing and as usual they started to say he was seeing things. Uh, it was sometime after that point that Esteban noticed that he had now stopped in midair and began to look back at them. Now, I, I, he, I asked him if he could describe it. And he said it had big red eyes, was tall, possibly six foot five, uh, but wasn't exact to the height, just that it was big. Uh, he said that its skin reminded him of a barn owl. Uh, he asked him if it was covered in feathers. He said no. And assuming he met color, as he then mentioned, it was khaki dark. Also, uh, that he could see that the wings were spread out and it detailed the veins just like that of a bat. So it, it had membrane wings. The face to him seemed burned, but not just that it gave that impression, a la Freddy Krueger. Um it also caused him concern what it was hovering midair and the wings were still, which is something that we've seen in Chicago with a lot of these winged humanoids. It's at that point he grabs one of his friends and points it out to him to show and what he's looking at upon seeing it, his friend yells to shoot it. That's when the other friends turn it and also saw and began yelling to shoot it. it seems that Estefan was the only one armed. He replied that he wasn't going to open fire since it was not threatening them. So also he was afraid uh, that whatever it was, if he fired at it and the shots did nothing, he figured this thing would possibly make short work of them. So Estefan does say that while he focused on his face and and wings and that the other friend said that the the hands were claw-like. Estefan could not recall exactly what he uh, was doing as he said he was just standing there. Uh, maybe out of fear, but he was transfixed. Now, I said the encounter lasted about four to seven minutes. The creature made no noise of any type. He said that's when people inside the house started to come out due to the yelling the three were making. The creature shot up and away into the dark behind some trees. No one else saw it that night or else, or excuse me, or since. With one exception, two months later, a woman friend of theirs made mention as they returned back to the Red Red Earth Casino late at night that she too saw a flying creature with red eyes flying above her car. Now, uh, from what was said, this creature would dive down on her car in an aggressive manner. She was the only one in the car from what I could tell. Now, I'm familiar with Brawley. This is is Louise's notes. Um, It is a small town in the middle of nowhere surrounded by farms and open land. At night, it becomes very dark with dim streetlights. In regards to the casino, I've seen it at times driving to the border. Its location is even much more desolate than Brawley. The, uh, the roads leading to it and from are two-lane roads in each direction. Leaving that location Brawley, uh, especially at night, is a, is a long, lonely, dark, desolate road. He said, "I'm going to set up a meet and greet, but then next month after the 10th, as the schedule's packed, and I don't know if he has followed up. with this was a couple of months ago, so um, he said that the uh, the the event did traumatize the three. All three won't go out at night anymore. Raphael will no longer go to Estefan's house or see him unless he spots him in the gas station. Beta." Uh, from what I can understand, is currently homeless and won't go anywhere. So Esteban continues to look for it, but feels that it watches him. Uh, at the time the incident, they were both between the ages of 50 to 52. So uh hopefully we'll get a follow-up on that. I'm gonna have to ask Luis if he did get anything else on it, but that's an interesting account. Uh, you know, these Wayne humanoids, of course, we get all these sightings in Chicago, and uh we do kind of uh accounts all over north america uh the ones in the desert are particularly interesting um and we've had some before especially in california and uh and thanks to real truth for the donation i appreciate it um so um yeah so it's um that's an interesting account and if we do have a follow-up i would definitely put it up or talk about it so the next account is a little bit different um, a college student describes his harrowing experience with what, with what people call a not deer in an area outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, and I asked if this is pops possibly a manifestation of a forest spirit. And, you know, we've had forest spirit accounts over the years. Um, uh, you know, these not deer. I don't really know what these things are. I, you know, I don't think it's uh A morph type of uh, or a you know some type of deer that has got some type of deformity and such because we see plenty of those anyway so anyway this took place in 2008 in Charlottesville Virginia now if you are familiar with Charlottesville it's outside the city limits in the county around old Lynchville Road before all those student apartments were completed Uh, at the time I lived in Fry Springs on sunset in the townhouse my roommate Was using my vehicle and I was at my friends in the country, the county's house. So I uh, decided to walk to the corner store to get some smokes. If you follow the trail in the backyard, it's a beautiful walk and and a little quicker than driving around the windy roads. It wasn't dark yet, but the sun was going down and was cooling off into a beautiful evening. So I asked my friend Jay if they wanted to wanted anything and. Uh, headed off the trail, so you know it brings you out behind the country storm. Now, at first, my walk down the trail was just like any other. There were birds chirping and animal noises and nice breeze. When I got to the split on the trail for some reason, I began to feel uneasy. My hair was standing on end. I felt like I was being watched and felt that heavy feeling in my stomach. but I walked this trail many times, so you know it wasn't that much further anyway. so, that's when I started to hear crunching leaves and twigs, snapping twigs near me. I quickly scanned the area and was relieved when I spotted a large buck standing off the trail, partly behind the sycamore tree. First thing that struck me was the rack on this deer. The antlers were super thick and burly, more like that of a moose, but it, it's not quite moose antlers. It looked just off. I decided to keep walking and noticed that I started. And when I started, so did the deer. So I walked a little faster, and so did the deer. I stopped, and this deer took off in a full blown sprint. Now, uh, something about the way this thing moved was just so unnatural. It moved like a rocking horse, and its hind legs were in reverse of how they were supposed to be. It was very upset, unsettling and prompted me to bust out on a full blown run to the end of the trail. I'm hauling down the trail being fueled by some form of primal fear i come around the bend and there in the middle of the trail is this not deer i started trying to back pedal and, and fall flat on my butt on the ground i'm just looking at the thing and it hits me this thing's a predator it's got its front facing eyes deer don't have front facing eyes but that's not all that's wrong with it. it's face is not right it's too round and it's got huge jowls And its mouth is far too round to be a deer. The snout is far too short. So much is wrong. I scrambled to get to my feet, but whatever this thing it was decided to stand on its hind legs. Then I stood up. I don't know if I, if though I was challenged, I don't know if though I was challenged it because it stood up on its hind legs and was huge. It towered over me. It had to be over eight foot. So I turned around and started running as fast as I could, but I could hear the sounds of a bipedal stride close behind me. I never turned around. I was sure if I turned around, it would get me. When I reached the fork in the trail, I could no longer hear it behind me. When I got out of the woods, I started screaming like a maniac. So much so, my friend Jay came out of the back door with his shotgun. I should mention my friend Jay is a backwoods mountain boy from Cripple Creek and he has native blood in his family. When I finally calmed down enough to explain what happened, Jay told me it wasn't a deer. He said in the woods there are a lot of things regular people just don't know about and what I encountered was one of those things. Uh, He said it was uh, up to something and I disturbed it and the gist of what I got is some sort of manifestation of a forest spirit so um you know that that area around charlottesville i know pretty well and uh it is it's all it's all built up now and years ago it wasn't built up and it was pretty well known for bigfoot activity so and i we do get occasional bigfoot sightings on the outskirts of charlottesville and uh so i don't know i don't know what this cryptid was uh was it a spirit of some type forest bear who knows i mean if native american thought it was of course they they think a lot of these animals even think bigfoot's a spirit so uh, uh, you know that'd be interesting to think what you all think about that so uh got another one here a mississippi woman and her boyfriend are fishing at granada lake when they notice a developing void in the water Then a glimmer man walks, being walks out of the water. Now this was sent to me by Cam and Cal over at Expanded Perspectives. And I figured I should read it here and I thought you'd enjoy it. I recently heard your shows about the, this is one of, this is what was written to them. I recently heard one of your shows about the glimmer man and I was dumbfounded because I had an experience very similar to the description of some of those encounters this took place a couple years ago. My boyfriend at the time and I were out fishing at Granada Lake in Mississippi. We were in his ranger boat, bass boat, just floating along one bank, floating along one bank. When we saw a disturbance in the water, I said, Hey, what, what's that over there? I pointed to where I saw the water moving and scrolling around. My boyfriend said he didn't know thinking it must be a catfish or a carp or something. Now, why this was happening, it looked like the void opened up in the water. It moved funny, something like a predator with, when it's camouflaged and walked out of the water when it like when it confronted uh, Dutch that was which was Arnold Schwarzenegger and walked onto the bank. My boyfriend screamed at me, "Did you see that? What is that thing?" I couldn't speak. I, I don't, didn't know what was I was looking at. It just walked up and out of the lake and turned into the woods. That was it. It was gone. I turned to my boyfriend and said, what did we just see? He said "We he didn't know, but he told me to put the stuff up, and we were done fishing for the day. We pulled up on the trolling motor, secured our gear, and we headed for the boat ramp. Now, as we were slowly pulling into the marina, it's a no wig zone, he looked at me and said, Jennifer, whatever you do, don't tell anybody about this. And I kept my word for a while, but when we broke up and, uh, and when he broke up with me and I told a few people, I've since moved on, got married and had a daughter. I still think about what we saw that day. And I told my husband, but he thinks it was a slight heat stroke or something and that was something we both imagined that wasn't there, but you know, but I know different. I even made him listen to some of your shows regarding glimmer man. So, um, Hey, you understand what we saw. Now, recently, my ex-boyfriend found me on Instagram and sent me a private message. All it says was, do you remember that translucent being we saw walk out of the lake? I never replied because what a waste of time. But I do think it's interesting that we must think about it to this. You know, he must think about it to this day, too. So, um, yeah, you know, this whole Glimmer Man thing, it, it, it's interesting. I, I have no idea what these things are. You know there 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 are some theories that these are cloaked Bigfoot or cloaked cryptids of some type. Uh, I don't know. Um, of course, in the movie, it's a it's a cloaked alien, uh, the Predator movies. But um, I don't know what these things are. So uh, if you have any questions, put them up now, and uh, I'll answer what you got. Uh, we got a little bit of time. Uh should we be this is from uh from Denise Sarek. Should we be concerned about these winged humanoids? No, I don't think so. Uh now as far as being concerned, are they trying to tell us something? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Uh I don't know if I only know one case where somebody was actually threatened by these things, but all in all from the cases that we have gotten from what we investigated, I don't really see what there's any threat. Uh, like I said before, I think these are some type of um, uh, interdimensional being. Ultra is what they we have come to know them as. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't think there's I don't think there's anything that we'd be concerned about. But who knows? You know, it's all that's that's you know that's best I can say at this point. What is all the what is the all time freakiest story you've ever heard, Lon? Oh God, I don't know. That's a horrible one. I've heard some real freaky stuff. Um, you know, let me think about it. I, I I will dig in my I will dig into my archives and come up with one of the creepiest stories I have for the next time around. So, Vincent, make note of that for me to dig up the creepiest thing that I've ever had heard of. Uh, there are a few. So, uh, I'll dig into it. And I'll, I promise I'll put it up there. Uh, James West asked Could the not there be some kind of shapeshifter? Sure. It could be anything. I mean, it could be a, a, a spirit manifestation, it could be a shapeshifter. Um, uh, does it make itself look somewhat like a deer as some type of camouflage or such? I don't know. That's possible too. I think, uh, is it some other cryptid that's, that's changing its shape and such? I don't know. You know, when we talk about cryptids, we, we know very little it's all speculation until we start getting some physical evidence. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, It very well could be some type of, um, some type of uh, shape-shifting being. Anything else, folks? Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. And I do appreciate you coming on tonight. If you do have an unexplained encounter or sighting, feel free to contact me directly at Phantoms Lon Strickler at Phantomsandmonsters.com or through the Phantoms and Monsters blog site. Also, if you would like your encounter sighting can, Considered for the show or to be posted to Fans of Monsters, please forward, forward it to my email. Uh, thanks to each of all of you for watching and chatting. Your support's what makes this possible. Uh, please like, click the subscribe button and the like button. And also, think about becoming a member of Fans of Monsters Radio. Just simply click the, the join button above. And it only costs $2.99 a month. And uh, we're going to have exclusive chats for members. Um, we're getting to a point where we're, 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 you know, since I've got the, uh, the trademark now for Fams and monsters, we're going to start making merchandise, producing merchandise. Um, <clears throat> and I, I think before we're allowed to put it on YouTube, I'm going to be selling it, uh, as a separate entity. So I, I will give discount when we do that. I promise that members will have discounts on that material. And we're thinking up a lot of perk, other perks as well. So if you've got suggestions, hey, let us know about it. Um, we're more than willing to hear what you have to say. And just contact me or contact Vincent. Uh, so this Friday night, we have, we'll we be conducting a UFO UAP roundtable with our guest, Graham Rendell, Zach Shanahan, and Mark Bjorn rentino it should be an interesting show and uh, join us in the chat so you can ask your questions so until next time stay safe and uh, have a great week good night